0: With every increase in the degree of consciousness, and in proportion to that increase, the intensity of despair increases. The more consciousness, the more intense the despair.
1: You know I'm totally off script right now. The Green New Deal, right? Darling, is the wind blowing today? I'd like to watch television, darling. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. He asked Russia to go get the emails. We're going to look into his finances. I said, where did that come from? He always talked about Russia. The attorney general says, I'm going to recuse myself. And I said, why the hell didn't he tell me that before I put him in? Russia, 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 Russia. My wife said, you never spoke to anybody from Russia, darling. I said, that's right.
0: If then, if you have lived in despair, then whatever else you won or lost, for you everything is lost. Eternity does not acknowledge you, it never knew you, or still more dreadful, it knows you as you are known. It manacles you to yourself in despair.
1: President Trump is waiting the Mueller report. He's bad. He's a bad, bad, he's a bad, bad guy. But you know what I like about this? Number one, I'm in love and you're in love. We're all in love together. We've done something that nobody's ever done. Hey Don, how you doing? Hey, Donnie. I love you, Donnie. For 35 years, now they call Mr. President sir. How are you? Trains to Hawaii. How do you get to Europe? We haven't figured that one out yet. We don't use airplanes anymore. Is doing well, except of course for the never Trumpers. But they are on mouth to mouth resuscitation. (laughs) You don't get rich by sitting behind a desk. So I didn't want to do that. And I'm in the White House and I was lonely. I said, let's go to Iraq. Okay, General Raisin Kane. how fast can... Sir, we can have it totally finished in one week. I said, one week? And yet I see senators that are there for 20 years, white hair. See, I don't have white hair.
0: The self is a relation which relates itself to its own self. Or it is that in the relation that the relation relates itself to its own self the self is not the relation, but that the relation relates itself to its own self.
1: Yes, I agree with this. This speech should have been delivered one year from now, not now, damn it. Because they're going to grab together, they're going to say, you know, this guy's really laying for us. I should have saved the Pocahontas thing for another year. Instead, we believe in free speech including online and including on campus. Today, I'm proud to announce that I will be very soon signing an executive order requiring colleges and universities to support free speech if they want federal research Who does this? Other countries say, get the hell out of here. They will execute the baby after birth. Donald Trump should not, under any circumstances, they're trying to take you out with bullshit. Okay? With bullshit.
0: was Sickness Unto Death by Soren Kierkegaard. And now this is the Freak Fandango Orchestra. And I'm Nate Staley. Welcome to another episode of Off Baseline. Joining me today is Demetrius Goins Jr., host of the Pathfinder podcast, which discusses matters of politics, faith, history, and social science, and a bunch of other stuff, I think. In what follows, we discuss those and other matters in a framework of his personal search for truth, and underneath the backdrop of being a person of color in the South. Last month, I officially soft-launched a Patreon for the show. You can support Off Baseline for almost the price of a cup of coffee a month. Yes, for $1.99, you can become a Social Scientist, which gets you access to bonus content every episode. And I mail you a nifty little sticker of the new Off Baseline logo. I appreciate your listenership. And even if you don't have the two bucks to spare, you can support the show by subscribing and or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or TuneIn, or others probably. You can follow the show on Twitter at Off Baseline. If you feel so led to do. Next, my biopolitical conversation with Demetrius Goins, Jr.
2: Uh, Host
0: of the Pathfinder podcast, um, which... I I I don't know how you want to um brand that yourself but I've found it to be a uh political podcast with faith and politics and and sort of coming at it from a left leaning perspective um but I I don't know if I'm doing it justice but that's that's what I've found to um value from that.
2: Yeah that, that's that's part of it I mean it serves uh, many fu- many functions uh, uh, for me. It 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 is not only you know exploring my ideas, which would basically be those types of ideas, right. you know the intersection of. Uh, faith and politics and, you know, the social sciences mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that and philosophy, but also uh, doing, uh, you know, talking to people and having conversations that I believe uh, need to be heard and showing a different perspective and, and, and stuff like that. And that's really important. That That's why I called it Pathfinder, because we're all uh, either on a path or we're searching for a path towards... You know that's that which we long for the most Um, And that's really what i'm doing with this podcast i'm you know recording myself as i'm on my path and i'm searching As well, so yeah, yeah, that that's definitely a part of it right on So I I you've had me on your podcast
0: a couple of times and i've I've enjoyed those conversations pretty thoroughly and and we're both fairly uh, politically Conscious and and, and yeah. active, and we we like to to uh, we we share a commonality. So I wanted yeah. to maybe sort of get some perspectives in this conversation about personally what uh, what formed how you look at things. Um, what are some of the experiences that have not only shaped how you see things, but what? perhaps someone listening to this podcast can, can learn um, mm-hmm. based on that, based on uh, your story and, and maybe some level of, of empathy and, and um, occasional provoked thought. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I, 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 so I guess I'll just start with this question. Uh, what do you consider to be the most important or significant political event that has occurred during your life?
2: Oh, man, the most significant there there are multiple you you um, can pick
0: like you could pick more than one, but yeah,
2: okay, yeah if if you I, can't well, decide. i' just I'll just list off a couple mm-hmm. um nine eleven okay, yeah, um, I mean
0: that was pretty big deal that was
2: I remember being in a uh, class uh at school. And the teacher put the TV on, and uh, everyone was kind of freaking out. Yeah. We saw the tower smoking and everything like that. Um, after that, obviously the uh, Iraq War, which was just unleashed complete insanity mm-hmm. into um, into the American culture. Um, the next one and, would be and into Iraq. Yeah, uh, yes, right. there would be there would be many yeah. inhabitants of, of Iraq who would uh, agree.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> Insanity is one of the words. It's one of the it's <laughs> one of the the more easily digestible words, I think.
2: Words. <laughs> yes. Um, after that would be Barack Obama's uh, um, election, mm-hmm. which this was during the time when I was in high school. And this is when I was just a really just a punk. Like, and when I mean punk, like, I mean a real punk, like, I'm a rocker, metalhead, hardcore music. And so I'm just like, basically. That's what kind of forms kind of gives like a, a a skeleton or outline to my more anarchistic political views. It's just this idea of basically like what I had on my Facebook was uh, under political views where it says political views. I had the fuck it all party. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's that's a very punk rock answer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and so I was already skeptical. Of his election, obviously, you know, it was a big deal for many of us African Americans. But for me, it was it was always, I don't care what his skin looks like, mm. what he claims to be, mm-hmm. he's another politician, mm. and screw them. You know what I mean? That's what it was. Um, yeah. Um, so those, I would say, those were the those were the three um defining defining yeah. there i mean there are other other, other ones obviously after yeah. that but those are the those are the three biggest that i've li- lived through
0: yeah those i mean those are those are some significant events uh for yeah, a lot I mean, of people so that that makes perfect sense
2: and, and i grew up under clinton you know yeah. grew up up under Clayton.
0: So yeah. So what what were I mean so you so those are the sort of the formative beliefs and and you had sort of that initial response to like, you know, fuck it all, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um what so was that sort of how where you were at as far as as far as uh politics or as far as as culture goes throughout your childhood and, and into adulthood or is that is that something that is that something that developed at some point where you, you know, where did you used to be a libertarian like me?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, growing up, um, you know, African-American in the South, uh, raised uh, mostly by my mother. Uh, my father was incarcerated uh, for most of my Childhood, mm-hmm. And so growing up in that type of context, you know, you grow up in the church and stuff like that. Most of us, you know, black people, we vote Democratic. Uh, you know, you can obviously go through the history of that with the, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh the the changing of the platforms, right. the southern strategy. Yep. Slaves were form of were formerly a part of the party of Lincoln because Lincoln was is seen as the great emancipator. Mm. I have a different historical view of of Lincoln. Sure. I um Lincoln was an opportunist personally, that's my view. Um, mm. so obviously you you know you grow up democratic, many African American Christians we vote democratic to this day because of those types of issues. Oh. Um so that was that was a lot of it during childhood. Um as I got into middle school, teenage years, again, you know, getting into the to the, you know, punk rock, metal, uh all types of metal, right. hardcore music and stuff like that, it has more of that rebellious uh bent to it rebellious mm. anarchistic bent to it yeah unfortunately in, in my personal opinion the metal scene right now has been distorted from that you know um, the, you know people it's it's just in a really weird place right now there are metalheads that are trumpists yeah which is well there's that's there's a whole nother there's
0: some kind of history of of uh of metal or at least some sub subsection of metal that, um, is down with white supremacy, right? Like there's a, yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There, there's yeah. a whole, there,
0: there's a whole historical contingent of Nazi metalheads.
2: Yes. In black metal, um, those, you know, type of Norwegian bands, those European mm-hmm. bands, yeah. extremely racist, not all of them, but there's there's a certain there was certain fringe groups, extremely racist. Um, they had the, the nationalist socialist black metal, um, which is inherently Nazi, highly mm-hmm. anti-immigrant. Yeah. Much of it is anti some some of that stuff is anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. simply due to the fact of, you know, a hatred of the traditional the three major Abraham, abrahamic religions um i remember there is this documentary called uh, metal the headbanger's headbanger's journey mm. and uh the guys just doing like a historical uh documentary on the history of metal and they interviewed this black metal musician and it was just the most corny shit right i mean the dude mm-hmm. is an all-black long beard in a wine <laughs> cellar, with with holding a wine glass and twirling the wine around, and he said, and he he asked to do, you know, what's the basis basis of your beliefs? And the guy says, yep. Satan. There we go. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, this is nice. That's the good and stuff right there. The guy says something. <laughs> he says something that's even more disturbing. Where he was like, we we must erase all traces of the Semitic roots from the earth. Yep. And I was like, oh.
0: yeah, damn, that's, that's as, that's as pure <laughs> evil as, as I think you can. <laughs> I mean, like you can't, and, and, you can't make it in a lab any, any, any purer than that.
2: <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's pretty good. It, it's, 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 it's insane. Wow. It's insane. Although there was this Swedish uh, death metal band, black metal band that emerged out of that scene called Eckstall, and they're a Christian yeah. uh, death metal band. I, I, an, an I remember incredibly Extol, brilliant, yeah. Yeah, incredibly brilliant, resilient band. They're incredible. But, yeah, from from all of that, you know, giving me that, that type of, you know, anarchistic type of foundation. And growing up as a kid, you know, I always had kind of more of a philosophical mind. I would always ask why, you know. Right. I was that type of weird kid, like, why is this like this? Why is this this way? You know what I mean? It's very and weird, especially
0: that... if you're growing up in Christianity, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, uh, I just...
0: Christianity doesn't exactly foster, or at least the American Christian culture does not seem to me to foster a sense of curiosity or a sense of not having the answers. And this gets to uh, the sociological question of wanting the the teddy bear to have all the answers.
2: Yeah, and you know that that was never really you know a a big problem in my family. They fed my curiosity. Mm. Um, You know, I was a huge nerd growing up—comic books, video games, books, all that stuff. My my mother would feed that would feed my intellect in that way. So I'm very thankful uh, to have a family um, yeah. that nurtured that in me because a lot, you know, many people don't. And I think that is, you know, not only an impoverishment of the individual, but also a reason as to why our culture is at the horrible, <laughs> is at the state that it's at. Oh, totally. Cause people don't want to ask questions and people, You know, curiosity is not just a a quirk that somebody has or a personality trait. Mm -hmm. I believe that curiosity is a discipline. You have to learn to ask questions because that's a part of critical thinking in general. Right.
0: Not a a universal skill. Right. (laughs) I mean, I think of the phrase, and I don't even know where this comes from, the phrase, curiosity killed the cat. Um, I mean, I, I know... Sort of folksy where it comes from, but I, I I kind of have this suspicion now that it it's it's born out of this this uh, culture of of repressing curiosity.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if someone who had a very, very authoritarian uh, or fascistic worldview came up with that. That's it's, I, I would that,
0: Yeah, in retrospect, it sounds uh, fairly yeah authoritarian and fascistic exactly
2: (laughs) yeah i I would not be surprised but that was that was more my early formation with this stuff and from there man it was just a very long road of uh you know in high school i was agnostic um so i would proclaim christianity with my mouth when really my heart and my actions say otherwise. And I'm pretty sure, you know, you can maybe say the same thing about me now because I'm sure. not a perfect Christian at all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody is. But, you know, there there's, you know, I've matured, of course, a lot from the years ago I was in high school. Um, from there, um I think the thing that really made me start, started thinking about spirituality more was the, uh, the death of my great grandmother, who was always a big, uh, spiritual, um, uh, influence on me. And I would even say intellectual influence on me as well, mm-hmm. because, you know, they, my, my grandparents would always, particularly my grandmother would always talk to me about life in reality. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? um, The same thing with with my mother as well, always grounded, you know, talking to me about life, telling me about choices, how choices matter, how consequences matter. Um, And yeah, that really not only was a a spiritual basis, but an intellectual one as well. And I believe a moral one, also my moral formation as well, you know. Demetrius, your choices matter. You have to do the right thing. We don't, we're not a family that likes to get over on people. Mm-hmm. That's something they always say. We never want to get over on people. Mm-hmm. We want something, we work for it. This working class, moral, spiritual um, mixture. Um, and I'm very thankful to have had that influence. Because um, I, I mean, I would, I just wouldn't look at the world. Uh, the way that I do it without it, obviously. Um, yeah. From there, you know, coming out of agnosticism, with her, with my great grandmother's death, really started thinking about spirituality. Is there is there more to life than than what my five senses can ascertain? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and what really hit me was. The pain, the suffering that she went through. She had like stomach cancer, hmm. and yeah, um, um, uh, this was also kind of like during the time in which my grandmother, uh, which me and my family care for my 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 mother's mother, um, she fell ill. She had a, a brain aneurysm, hmm. um, and we had to take care of her. So her own mother was taking care of her, and stuff like that. And, you know, because my grandmother had stomach cancer watching her, you know, have to, you know, use the restroom a lot more than what she ever did. You know what I mean? And just her going through discomfort and pain Mm -hmm. and my mother being, you know, at the hospital uh, room and, you know, just watching her cry out in pain. And it was that suffering that really got me. Mm -hmm. Um, which has become a, a ingrained in part of my worldview. It was the question that got me, that set me on the trajectory that I'm at right now is how can she still love and have faith and trust this God? Yeah. When she's screaming in pain right. because of her stomach. You what' yeah it's no, it's I hear you. it's that it's something like that that takes you down when you start contemplating this stuff you know what i mean i you know c s Lewis said the best you know if you want to remain agnostic or an atheist, you need to be very careful about what you think about <laughs> you know <'cause laughs> sure. a certain question you know yeah. a certain question a certain line of logic mm-hmm. will set you down a certain path and that, that was a big part of it, man. And, um, so now I'm at where I'm, where I'm, where I'm at today, which is, uh, basically I would classify myself as a Christian anarcho-socialist. So, uh, you know, if Peter Kropotkin got baptized, you know, (laughs) that's basically what I am. (laughs) That's amazing.
0: Is that, is that on a social media bio? Because that needs to be.
2: I'm gonna put that on mine now. You, like, you on seriously need to,
0: and this podcast is holding you accountable to do that.
2: I am, I am a <laughs> African Peter Kropotkin, if he got baptized, <laughs> like, or Black Peter Kropotkin, either one. I love it. That's great. <laughs> the conquest of bread, you, you know, That's like you know, the body of Christ, right? You know, Eucharist, like. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh man. No, I, I the actually hearing of life.
0: He, he, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry for the jokes yeah. I I just, No, didn't...
0: let them let riff um, <laughs> No, the, this, the, the story and I appreciate you sharing that um, kind of reminds me of my own sort of what I was going through as I had a, a grandfather who was, was actually my dad's uh, stepfather so he wasn't um blood related to me or whatever but um he was one of the most important relationships in my life and um you know he always made me laugh he had kind of that um the sort of joking uh making fun of each other every time we'd visit sort of witty taught me a lot about what type of humor i respond to and and uh you know we talked a lot about politics he's very um very engaged, very loyal Democrat, mm-hmm. which for me at the time, from where I was, that was, you know, I viewed him as some kind of radical when really he'd like
2: <laughs> just watch CNN. Yeah, yeah. Yep, know, but, yeah, but,
0: um, but he, he was, uh, he was, he was very strongly atheist and from till the day he died, you know, my, mm-hmm. I remember my dad, um, sort of having conversations with him throughout trying to proselytize him for lack of a, Mm. a, you know, that's what it was, I guess. But, and I just, I remember I was visiting him when he was sort of dying and I was sleeping in the room next to him and I could hear him just coughing and wheezing and all this horrible Mm. stuff. It was, um, esophageal cancer. Mm. And, um, And I just remember going through as a, as a Christian, just going through this crisis Mm -hmm. of, um, like under my belief system, I, the most, one of the most important people in my life is, you know, going to hell to burn an eternal whatever. Mm -hmm. And, Mm um, I went through a pretty serious crisis at the moment, um, but it yeah. also caused me to reflect on all of the uncomfortable thoughts, uh, all the uncomfortable challenges and, and realities and impacts and consequences of what my belief system entailed. Um, and it it set me on quite, you know, a different path than I was on to sort of take out so sort of clean house with my um with my religious my philosophical and and mm-hmm. and my political views and begin mm-hmm. to sort of build back um you know what exactly was worthwhile and um in, in in sort of a a different way you know it it sounded like your your grandmother was more of was was strengthening you from being a model or an example of um, persevering of, of faith. And and then absolutely so from, but from my end, you know, my grandpa was the anti-faith, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, mm-hmm. but through his influence on my life, I have, a i I went further with my religious convictions than I think I ever have. And I think it's because it, created some sort of challenge that I had to respond to. Mm.
2: Um,
0: and it, it was a wow. challenge. I, I wasn't, I couldn't conceptualize. And, and, and so mm-hmm. I, that just struck me. It was interesting. And, and I had that sort of counter transference while you were sharing that story Yeah, because, oh, wow. uh, it, it's, it's amazing the impact that family, uh, relationships have on your life and, and whether it's Providing a, a, an example of strength, or even providing a push um, right, of your right. ideology to to get you somewhere, to start you on a on a journey that you might be reluctant to start on.
2: Wow. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's it, you know, family is. I mean, it's it, it starts in home, man. It's it starts in the home. Yeah. It you know it always does. Which weighs <laughs> you know, it on does. me
0: like a freaking ton, several tons of responsibility and anxiety don't mess it and, up yeah don't i'm mess a dad up. so i can really 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 fuck this up <laughs> like yeah, all over the place um so yeah, we'll just push that aside like i do most of my anxious thoughts um so as someone who grew up As an African American in the South, uh, you live in Houston. Is that? Do you live in Houston proper? Or
2: no, I'm in. I'm. I I live in Houston. um, Born and raised, native. Been all over the damn place. Gotcha. Been in a leaf. You know, so I'm a Houstonian through and through. Gotcha. Did the uh?
0: Did did the hurricanes? Did all all that mess? Did that? did, did that have a significant impact on your on your situation?
2: not not on not on our home necessarily mm-hmm. we just had a bit of leaking um at the front of our house uh unfortunately my dad uh he was living in my um grandmother's home and they they lost that my half half brothers uh and 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 his mom mm-hmm. they lost uh their place so they were staying somewhere else uh but those those on the only major Gotcha. um a fix yeah, I mean that's um, enough, right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you
0: know so and I'm feeling particularly ADhd today, but uh so growing up black in the south, what experiences have stood out to you that might confirm or contrast the public dialogue uh public conceptions uh regarding race regarding even religion regarding class gender um all of those categories and uh the intersection of of those categories Mm -hmm. um what what stands out to you that when you sort of reflect on that
2: oh man lord that's a (laughs) huge huge, wide open uh essay
0: prompting question
2: oh man in terms of race man i mean it's a south (laughs) you're black in the south yeah there's no shortage of Ignorance when it comes to race, no matter who you encounter, you know I've had experiences where you know the the most bizarre experiences for me is when I am in a space where I'm hanging out just chilling, nothing political being talked about nothing serious I'm at a party or something at a gathering eating with some with some friends or some acquaintances somehow. And this isn't an indictment of, of my friends. It's 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 like you know, pe- you know, people who know people or acquaintances of your friends or you know, a friend of a friend and stuff like that, yeah. people who barely even know you. But the, you know, you'll it'll be a this type of neutral situation. And then my blackness gets brought up randomly. I've yeah. had that so yeah, I've had it multiple times in common it's so bizarre like uh, and and it isn't
0: what's what's the b- most bizarre context <laughs> that you can that you can remember so
2: i'm i'm at a i'm at a dinner it's a friend of a friend, mostly hispanic folks uh my one pal was there, he's mixed white and black, so I'm sitting at the table hanging out getting ready to order a beer or something like that. Mm. this one really weird dude another friend of a friend, super weird guy um you know starts talking to me and it's immediately bizarre and like passive aggressive they start talking about like shit like fried fried chicken comes up um wow. <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh, uh asking me stuff about black panther mm-hmm um in a very passive aggressive way you know i remember him asking me questions like oh so how do you feel about like something to the effect of how do you feel about the first black superhero because or something like that but the way he said it was like he's not the first black superhero like this type of bizarre passive aggressive and i was just like "Mm, i'm not feeling this and my homie my my friend that's mixed, he was like, dude, just just come sit next to me. Yeah. Just like, sit down. Just, just just come sit next <laughs> to me. Don't 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 be at that end of the table.
0: Sit down and maybe read a couple of Wikipedia articles for them.
2: I was for, just for like and questions. for my Yeah. And and like for my anxiety control, like I went to the restroom, which was disgusting Um, (laughs) just to like walk, you know, walk around, get a little breather or whatever and then go back. I mean, it's it's stuff like that. I've been at another. I was at a party talking to a dude. The dude was Asian and we're joking and everything's cool. And then we were just joking about something. We're talking and it was like, it was, it basically went like something, something, something because you're black. Right. And it was like, we, it was like, the weirdest. <laughs> it was just like, and my friend, one of my best friends, he's a uh, Puerto Rican. Mm. And I remember that happening and looking at his face. And he was just like, what the fuck? he was just like <laughs> what just happened like just trying his to process was he was like <laughs> what did that have it, it, it's it's moment it's moments like that in which you think that there is no racialization happening in this space and in this moment but it's always there it's like this bizarre ghost mm. you know what I mean
0: it's like you it's, it's like you have a ghost and that's how people perceive you.
2: Yes. It it's so bizarre. And I never grew up being all really all that afraid about talking about race. I mean, I grew up, mm-hmm. you know, off a of Chappelle show. Sure. Which I mean, I mean you know, a I, lot of me and my friends, you know
0: I kinda did too. So yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that and that forms you see, a show like Chappelle Show could not exist today. Right because it was so blatant Mm -hmm. when it comes to a lot of these issues of race and class, it could not exist today. Right. It just could. Well, well, there's a, there's a
0: moment I think. And, and yeah, Mm -hmm. the moment I was captured and I think Mm -hmm. I've seen some of uh, Chappelle's newer stuff Mm -hmm. and he has made adjustments in how he presents things. And that's just the reality of, you know, I, the, the complaint that, I always hear like, Oh, we couldn't have the office anymore. Cause we're too PC, <laughs> you know, Michael Scott would, you mm-hmm. know, they'd, they'd ban him and, and all that I think is missing the point <laughs> from, uh, be the point being that we're in a different, we're, we're in a much, di- especially in the last few years, we're in a very different reality of, of how we're, we're conscious about things. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't, that doesn't mean we're, we're more progressed or we're more Mm -hmm. mature or we're more empathetic. Um, Mm -hmm. but it, but it does mean that we, you know, we're in a different space and we're questioning things a little bit differently, but yeah, no, sorry to interrupt, but.
2: No, no, that's, that's perfectly fine. I mean, things are different. Um, I remember, I just recently had a conversation with, um, a young, uh, young lady by the name of Jacqueline Taylor. She's a, uh, advocate for the, um, for the LGBTQ community. And I remember talking to her, uh, just about like how fast culture moves. You know, I remember just a couple of years ago, early two thousands, everybody was using the word faggot. Mm -hmm. When I hear that today, you know, when I hear that today, you know, I might be listening to a rapper or something like that who drops it, sure. and it's like, oh, it's so cringeworthy it's kind when of a, you hear it now. It
0: kind of just thuds now, <laughs> like Yeah,
2: it's... yeah, and they're not, even in, even in rap, I mean, you know, rap can sometimes be very offensive. Sure. You know, you don't even really hear that word being thrown around anymore, and there are more openly uh, gay um, rappers. Yeah. So, you know, things, things change in that matter. And yeah, with, with, with the race thing, man, I mean, it's the South. Um, I, I remember having a conversation at a job I was working at and, you know, one of my coworkers, this dude I was really cool with, still cool with, but display like the typical, you know, white, you know, ignorant white person aggression, and just ignorance when it came to white privilege, when it came to the reality of white privilege mm-hmm. and reparations, just saying really silly ignorant stuff. Which, you know, if I had the knowledge that I had now after doing reading and learning, I would have <laughs> handled him a lot better. Right. But yeah, no. you know <laughs> it's you definitely know. easy
0: to look back and and, and and just be like God, I, I could articulate yourself, yeah. yeah.
2: And so it's stuff like that. In terms of class, I mean it's this is the South, highly capitalist. Um, you know, we live in Texas, so uh what some people you know, certain places they will call uh business friendly mm-hmm. states, which just means, you know, this is this is a I think it's called an at will. We're at will state where basically a job employer. can fire you for mm-hmm. Yeah, they can fire you for anything. Right. They can fire you on the spot no matter what. Right. So just Texas got that quote unquote too, business yeah. friendly. Yeah, you know, quote unquote business friendly. Mm-hmm. No, it just means that you support these private tyrannies that you call businesses and companies and corporations. Cause that's essentially what they are. Well, and, um, and, and
0: you support just no checks, <laughs> no no uh guidelines to sort of tilt the game towards a more humane exactly um, Just just <laughs> um advantage for humans <laughs> you know it's it's exactly the corporation is the is the human life that matters in that instance exactly
2: yeah i mean it's completely insane um you know you see it here what's happening all over the country more people working part time jobs without mm-hmm. benefits, people having full time jobs, getting paid shit wages with no benefits. Mm-hmm. I know a young lady right now making ten dollars an hour, no benefits, working at a law firm.
0: With well, that sink in for a minute. I mean, just the, the public <laughs> perception know? of of working at a law firm. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I think that conjures yeah. up uh higher paying than I mean, ten this, bucks this, an hour. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is what it is. When I first started, a, you know, one of my first retail jobs, worked with an older man who was an architect, you know, yeah. who was struggling to look for work, worked with a dude, master's degree in economics, struggled to look for a job for months on end, mm-hmm. got hired temp, then got hired full-time. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. Yeah. I mean, it... So do you feel you like know, the and South I didn't have is a damn...
0: disproportionately affected with this? Like... It... W- with this this reality of of capital
2: i think it's all over the country mm-hmm. you know but but you know i live in a big city right in texas in in houston so things are a little bit better there you know uh, a lot um a lot of people are moving in there's a lot of industry and stuff like that people um were saying you know in the future it could be like la Which is going to be, which essentially lets me know that I need to move the fuck out. Right, when (laughs) that happens, Um, means
0: you're not gonna be able to drive anywhere.
2: Yeah, and there's, Um, but there's gonna be
0: worse public transit than LA.
2: (laughs) All over America, you see these deindustrialized pockets Mm. and zones. You know, some of the best reporting that's been done on this is by the journalist Chris Hedges and, and others who go to these rural Rust Belt towns. Struggling in all manners of ways, you know, filled with alcoholism and addiction and mm-hmm. domestic abuse. I mean, these things you, know, you can drive through Texas and you'll you'll see it. You'll see even in, even in my town, mm. you know, in Houston, you drive around, go to places like the warehouse district downtown. Humble. I mean, they're, they're yeah. just. I mean, you see these the buildings collapse even in my neighborhood. I live in live in Fifth Ward, you know. I've watched homes collapsing on themselves, mm. abandoned homes, mm. boarded up homes, filth, garbage all over the street. And then the gentrification is happening. Now the right. gentrification is happening. Right. They're putting up the cute little hipster condos and they're rebuilding a theater here. And I mean, I mean, you you can you can see it. it it's a reality. All over this place, all over America. You know, the, the, you know, the reach of capital is powerful wherever, man. And and, but I think that the South, particularly Texas, because of its traditionalistic views, conservative, the conservatism, and the tradition is inherently a part of the South. So it's probably. Definitely say a lot, a lot stronger here in that sense. Yeah, But I mean, you know, this is America, baby. Right. <laughs> you know, the G- G- Jesus is not God here. You know, money is people don't want to say that. But mm. that's the truth. The things that Americans that people are willing to do for a dollar, man. I mean, wow. <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, particularly at the expense of of human beings.
2: You look at our work environments these these again these part time jobs with no benefits, you know people working you know trying to bust their ass to make some type of livable wage, and we say absurd things, I can't afford to get sick
0: yeah no i I've, I've, I've definitely said that
2: <laughs> you know i hope I hope I'm off um the day my water breaks,
0: yeah. And, and I'm going to have to go I'm back saying? to work Really soon because we soon. don't have uh, You know We don't have uh, paid maternal Or you know paid family Leave and we don't have uh, uh, Child mm-hmm. care available At a mm-hmm. reasonable Price and um,
2: it's, it's absurd yeah. It's entirely absurd right. watching Women bellies huge as Hell Pulling six hour eight hour shifts at a grocery store yeah. lord you know mm-hmm. look at i mean looking like her water could break if she just moved wrong <laughs> the baby's coming you know right. what i'm saying it's insane right
0: yeah but they you uh, you have to keep working yeah because you're gonna you know can't afford
2: not it, to older folks work do working these part-time jobs it back the back's messed up you, you know they're doing labor retail yeah on their feet all day, feet swollen, knees screwed up, back hurts. You know, I mean, it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So there's got to be a better way. Yes, (laughs) you know, absolutely. There's got to be so, a better
0: way. What could there possibly be? I mean, I know capitalism is all there is.
2: Ah, capitalist realism. <laughs> ah, yes, yep. yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, there's no other alternative. Uh, That's it, the baby. other alternatives are not actually socialist at all. They're really just like countries that have a free market system, but w- w- you know, with a really bloated welfare state. They're not really socialist, Nate. Well, not well, really no. the
0: the The only other option is Venezuela.
2: Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Venezuela. Don't forget Russia. Uh, yeah. Don't forget China. Right, right. China, um, Russia, Venezuela—like a mix. Yeah, the the, tro- the troika of evil mm-hmm. yeah. is uh, John, John. Right. John, John Bolton. <laughs>
0: Yes. The great humanitarian, John Bolton.
2: Yes. The wonderful uh, humanitarian, uh, you know, who just, you know, he, you know, he's not afraid to talk about the oil.
0: No, no. (laughs) He has the courage, you know, he has the courage and the the inspiration to talk about war and nation building in such Mm. a in such a compassionate way that really just helps people and stuff
2: yeah
0: super smart definitely not um the most vile human beings to ever be entrusted with power in the 21st century
2: yeah definitely not not. at all completely charitable and compassionate um
0: (laughs) (laughs) so much in terms of snark i don't even know if like I've said something just straightforwardly serious other than I talking about how much I love my deceased grandpa, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. man. Uh, but I mean it's just yeah. crazy. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's the South, man. Right. You know, the conservatism, the traditions,
0: the puritanism. You know, and, and
2: it's funny, you know, when people talk about southern hospitality, that is true, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? but what is being hidden behind the hospitality you get what i'm saying yeah
0: oh yeah bless your heart what
2: prejudice yeah <laughs> yeah uh, you know what 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 prejudice mm-hmm. what biased attitudes are being hidden behind yeah. that hospitality
0: well that makes me think uh, of the fra- um that makes me think of sort of presenting yourself the expectation on people to present yourself in a, a classy manner or a respectable mm-hmm. manner or a mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. we have this weird sort of being respectful of being grateful uh referring to those things like you should be grateful and there's there's right. sort of an undertone to that that's very oppressive and mm. it's yeah. it's linked to with a lot of the things we brought up of class and, and, and race and a lot of other things as well. But uh, p- predominantly, you know, I think of those two and I think of someone saying like, oh, you need to be thankful or you need to be grateful about something. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. that's that's that yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that that f- yeah. facade of, um, you know, I, I think we talk about political uh, participation in that way too. Of you know, I, I think I think Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is being ser- treated in in this way of you know mm-hmm. you have to put your nose mm-hmm. down and, and you have to really uh, I guess learn before you speak right. or know your place. It's very sort of know yeah. your place kind of attitude. Place, yeah. And yeah, and so what you had mentioned about Southern hospitality that those images come to my mind
2: yeah. And then that whole know your place thing with the L.C. is completely absurd because we have a complete inexperienced babbling fucking moron. <laughs> the floor uh, is non-existent. Yeah. Um. yeah. Uh, as, as, as 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 I mean really, I mean this this is this is the type of of absurd uh, the liberals, that liberal class and conservatives, this this is where those ideologies intertwine. Mm. They've said the same shit about her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We should show you how bankrupt Demo- the Democratic Party is. I mean, they're both, you know, both these parties are trash. Cosign. You know, you basically have a <laughs> a right wing party and then you have a center right party. <laughs> That's all you got in America. Yeah. You know, yeah. so.
0: I was um, reading in, an in article of, about uh, McGovern that <laughs> talked about that. Yeah. Uh, the transition of uh, having two, <laughs> two right leaning parties in the country but
2: yeah, yeah I mean it's maybe for a last one like gender I think mm-hmm. you asked me part of that was gender yeah. I, I can't cause, uh, you know because I'm not a woman but I, I can't really speak to that too too much but I think for me I've had a huge awakening um, in my life when it comes to the issues of gender and misogyny and sexism um it was a big thing for me in particular was not only just being raised mostly by women, my mother, my grandmothers, um, and my grandfathers were there, but it was a lot of women Mm. that respect for, that respect and love for women was already there. Um, but like anybody else living in a misogynistic sexist, completely pornified mm-hmm. culture. You internalize certain things through so the stuff you watch through the things your dumb ass friends say. Right. <laughs> um, right. And it, you know, a particular person in my life, someone who's very special to me um, that, that I became, that I've become great friends with was very, she's a feminist and her presence and us having discussions and her being open about this stuff really woke me up. Yeah. Really woke me up with a lot of stuff. Um, and I'm learning more and I'm developing more and I'm trying to have these those conversations more. And, but I think a particular thing I've always experienced or seen is misogynoir, which is the specific type of misogyny that is against black women, misogynoir. Mm. The hatred of the, of the black woman is so strong in American culture. This is why Malcolm X said, you know, I, I think he said the most disrespected woman is the black woman. And I absolutely agree with that. I think all women are disrespected and treated like trash. Mm-hmm. But when you build entire, like, like a political ideology off of you know, black women being, you know, quote unquote, the welfare queen, you have conservatives and even liberals alike blaming the the state of the black community in terms of our education, in terms of uh, our financial or economic situation, blaming it and putting it all on the black backs of black women. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is something you have noticed, but the, the welfare queen stuff.
0: Well, I mean, everything... The, you know put it, putting all kinds of expectations but offering very few uh exactly solutions
2: yeah the the blatant disdain mm-hmm. for single mothers mm-hmm. you know what i mean all of that stuff that's coded that dog whistle language means black women means black people right and and and, and saying <laughs> um, that
0: that's like that, that that there's an inherent um uh, hopelessness Mm -hmm. that scenario and it creates Mm -hmm. this sort of expectation Mm -hmm. and and it frames the imagination of the
2: public about yeah uh, uh, absolutely absolutely the same thing with the super predators stuff yeah
0: and I know just to to be honest here I, I know it framed especially growing up very conservative I know that framed my perception in my reality and my attitudes that even to this day, um, I'm very in a very different place than I was as far as Mm -hmm. what I espouse. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to intuition and Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. things like situational awareness and being, uh, conscious of the implications of my assumptions, Mm -hmm. that's, there's still the pieces of the culture that I that I was brought up in and and continued and, and facilitated through my own actions that I'm still having to reconcile with today, to this Absolutely. very day. You know, as and and you know, it's not saying like. I, I assume I'm a better person as time goes on, cause that's not a guarantee, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I, in, in an active effort to renounce some of the past attitudes and, and behaviors um, that's actually quite a lot of work to, to do. And, and, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm uncovering yeah. a lot more than i than I uh, would like to in that process.
2: Yeah, it's 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 the racial habits. It's what um, Eddie S. Glaude Jr. Uh, the um, I believe he's the chair of African American Studies at Princeton and a scholar. He wrote a book called Democracy in Black, which I recommend everyone read. If you if you want to have a deeper perspective and understanding of Black America, mm-hmm. please please read that book. D- democracy and in Black. It, democracy in Black. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say what the author's about one more time. Sorry. Um, Eddie S. Glaude Jr.
0: Eddie S. Glaude brilliant. Jr.
2: Okay. Yeah, brilliant political thinker and scholar. And what he talks about is racial habits. And what racial habits are is the way in which we live out what he calls the value gap. The value gap being the simple concept that white people or people of European descent are more valuable mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. people of color. And those racial habits are within all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I sure. mean. When you're in that, when you're in that 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 quote unquote dangerous part of town, you know what I mean. Well, right. who yeah. almost always inhabits the dangerous poor mm-hmm. parts of town? Yeah. And it even happens for black people. You know, it's internalized. Yeah, yeah. the The expression of white fear that that turns into self hate. You know what I mean? And that's another part of the demonizing of black women, which is an indictment of black men, is that one of the biggest demonizers of black women is black, are black men. And again, that comes from, I mean, I remember growing up being on YouTube, there's a whole hate community of black men angry at black women. They're still on there today i mean it's so sad it's so sad i mean hearing men say terrible things about their own mothers just because they're black women mm. and this desire to to date outside of your race not because you're this free loving person mm-hmm. but to date outside of your race because you have again this intern this self-hatred yeah that expresses itself as is hatred of of black women hatred of your yeah. own mothers your own sisters your nieces you you, you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's 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 sort it's, of an
0: internalized sick. violence uh, of yeah. uh, a subhuman sort of um attribution
2: it, yeah it's sick and and for me i i of course internalized part of that 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 self-hatred as well and I had a lot of self-hatred not a lot of self-hatred but I dealt with self-hatred and stuff like that just because Mm of things I was watching things I was you know consuming that I shouldn't have been growing up and that's why I think the revelations that I'm coming to now and the reading and the learning and the growing that has happened to me is so powerful for me now and why i want to advocate for more black you know black women in general yeah. because they're not lying when they talk about their experiences nate these women are not lying yeah. you know this right. is real
0: well I, it, that makes me think of a, a story that I, I i forget what it was on um but it was you know the outcomes of black women giving in in childbirth are mm-hmm. worse because literally they're not believed when they're in uh, pain yes. or when there's something wrong.
2: Yes, it, that <laughs> Disproportionately. I Disproportionately. Yeah, I remember that video. Uh, it was a woman's husband uh, giving his testimony about what happened to his wife in the hospital. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, she could have been saved. And, and I forgot which representative it was uh, representative Kennedy, I forgot what, what state, but he was reading off statistics. And I mean, the gap between the maternal deaths for white women and black Mm -hmm. women, you know, the difference in the numbers is horrific. Yeah. It's it's, hard. It's it's horrific.
0: What's going on under, underneath the, the public Mm -hmm. consciousness is horrific. But so, Mm -hmm. so to spell that out in actual statistics is, is mortifying. But it's yeah. also important.
2: Yeah. And, and I think even the tennis superstar Serena Williams, you know, she had a complications with her birth. Mm-hmm. And even a soup. Yeah. She's. Yeah. She and she's a, like. A ton of money. And she's
0: very yeah. famous and very. One of the most talented human beings on the planet. <laughs>
2: but I think it's because that she's this. Pow- she's one of the most dominant athletes on earth. Yeah. Her body. Is powerful the way it looks, yeah. you know what I mean. Right. So, of course, from that, someone would, you know, could who have this delusional mindset about black women could deduce, Oh, she's okay, mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, even though this is a woman giving birth, this is the most vulnerable a human being could be, right? This is the most vulnerable yeah. a human being could be. That's it, everyone they <laughs> yeah. need this care, right? You know what I mean. Right. So it's, it's stuff like, it's stuff like that, that when it comes to gender, man, misogynoir, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. And we built part of our politics when it comes to talking about welfare, right? When it comes to talking about welfare, when it comes to talking about reparations is built off of, is built off of the demonization of black women. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, 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 it's completely disgusting, you know? And but that's you know the 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 and again the the self hatred of black men that comes out as demonizing black women, all of this stuff is these grotesque byproducts, excuse me, of white supremacy. You know what I mean? Of what of what white supremacy can create. Yeah, it's in 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 societies around the world. It's
0: an ongoing. Legacy. It's an ongoing mm-hmm. framework.
2: It is a project. Yeah. I've heard it's, it called a global project. It's a that's, global that's exactly project, right? Is. Right. That's exactly what mm-hmm. it is. So, th- those would be my, you know, my experiences yeah. with, with, you know, race and class and gender and stuff like that. I,
0: yeah. I, I appreciate that. That's, um, I, I appreciate your answers. That was, um, um i think really Im- important things to discuss and and something i really wanted uh to utilize our our time in, uh doing so and
2: mm.
0: you know i i think that the conversation obviously can't be had enough because we haven't hardly even had yeah. the conversation um mm-hmm. there's so much work to be done um that you know it's kind of over uh, uh, it's kind of overwhelming
2: yeah, yeah. The, I mean,
0: it's overwhelming.
2: We have not truly in America grappled with the issue of 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 race, of racism, mm-hmm. slavery, mm-hmm. the realities of slavery, the legacy of slavery, right. and you see the delusions come in with the mythologizing, mm-hmm. with the distortion of history telling alternative histories, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, oh, the, the Confederacy fought in, fought in the Civil War not because of they wanted to retain slaves, but because of states' rights. Those, those things, mm-hmm. you get you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Those things. I, hey, I, I hear you on that. I one, There was
0: curriculum that I took that... Was from it was from a private Christian school in Florida that mm-hmm. that some of the most mind-numbingly revisionist, yeah, uh, historical accounts. Um, oh yeah, and just to look back on it, you know, I, I I assumed and took for granted so many things and and didn't have the capacity mm-hmm. to really question anything. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, holy hell! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like some yeah. of the things about even just how the the civil war is referenced or about mm-hmm. how um and i think a lot not even private christian schools but public school curriculum um runs into this of of completely trivializing how america came about <laughs> and yeah. and and how the Absolutely. the there was not really uh, too much genocide of mm-hmm. native americans it was just sort of a couple of battles here and there but um definitely not a civilization wiped out and 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 completely um nearly exterminated like
2: yeah, it's it's scary. And and that's what happens. I mean, a lot of textbooks come through Texas. I think what Texas is the biggest supplier, biggest producer of textbooks, something something of that nature. Hey, and congrats. There have been yeah, <laughs> there have been issues down here with revisionist history being put into some of these textbooks. You know what I mean? Ideology creeping into the education of our children. Yeah. And- this type of insane right-wing idea. I mean, it, it's 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 horrifying and and there's even a book about it. I forgot um the uh historian's name, but the name of the book is Lies My Teacher Told Me. Yeah. And he's a professional historian.
0: Right. And what is that, that book, What is that guy's name?
2: Something Lowen, something Lowen. Um but in that book, I mean, he really goes through, you know, stuff that people have been taught about in school um, that is not actually true. And I remember my, one of my college professors referred us that book Yeah, because I mean, there's just so much, not, even stuff like native Americans, you know, you know, trying to sanitize native American genocide mm-hmm. by saying that we didn't really steal the land. He's saying things like, well, you know, native Americans crossed here through the Bering Strait." Right. So yeah. it it's in a way of just saying, well, you know, this wasn't really their land. Right. It's you like know, they came here to Well yeah. yeah. Actually, it's like the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But the reality is that's just a theory. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 bearing straight, that's just a theory. Yeah, it's the reality ex- is we have no clue how they got here. No clue.
0: Right. Right. And and even yeah, to to even to point to that and say that that's some sort of justification. mm
2: mm-hmm. Mhm. Mhm. I mean, it's it, it's you know, it's it's scary. And so, I mean, the narrative. I mean, just the way in which we just distort history, even with slavery, and not even just making up revisionist lies in his in history, even taking a part of the truth. Mm-hmm. You know um whenever people talk about the history of slavery yeah. um people are quick to bring up well a- there were african slave traders and there were africans who sold other africans right as sure. if that's the actual origin of the transatlantic slave trade right native that is not true <laughs> the transatlantic slave trade no. started as slave raids y- yeah. on the west coast of Africa, in which men, women, and children were being kidnapped. I believe it was started by the Portuguese, were being Mm -hmm. kidnapped by slave traders. And slave traders were dying in droves Uh, during these raids. And so from there, it turned into an actual market, an actual trade, because there was less deaths. So they worked with different tribes, different ethnic groups in Africa and sold people. Yeah. Uh, you know, took advantage of of conflict between between different uh African ethnic groups, which is disgusting in and of itself, because why would you want to take advantage of war? I mean, it's insane. Right. Um So it sounds and, like
0: and, it sounds like uh we have found that we can be racist uh against the Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my lizard brain took out of that.
2: y'all started the slave trade Yep,
0: yeah that's right, that's y'all. that's it but, that's
2: it you know but it's, it's those simple you know even taking a, ne- a nugget of the truth and weaponizing it against people weaponizing it against people when they bring up legitimate critiques um right. is is just a part of it. Right. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, and right. And it's just so much that you basically have to it's 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 the impact of the way our education is even influenced and so many uh things are passed down and internalized. There is so much work right. you have to do to 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 challenge unpack and everything. unpack and sort through yeah. and and question it. Yeah. I mean mm. it's yeah, no uh we're also bad at it or at least <laughs> many, many of us are. But yeah, no I, I I appreciate everything you brought up has been just phenomenal and and, and the books you, that that you're recommending and everything. I I co-sign go Go read um, what did what did we bring up um, uh, Eddie Glaude Junior's book and the uh, revisionist not the revisionist history lies my teacher told me um, yeah. some a couple of a couple of really important reads go do that and uh, I guess to be respectful of your time and sort of put a bow on this as best we can we could probably go on but so. Demetrius, uh, remind us about your podcast. Where can we find it?
2: Plug absolutely, away, absolutely. Um, so it's called Pathfinder uh, Podcast. Uh, well, Pathfinder, Pathfinder Podcast. You can find find it on uh, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. There may be some issues with Google Play um, with some of the files not uploading, but I'm going to have that fixed soon. Um, Also, uh, please follow me on uh, Facebook. It should be Facebook uh, slash Pathfinder Pod. Also on Instagram, Instagram slash Pathfinder Pod. So, thanks for the plug, Um, and you know, I'm I'm ready for any and everybody to listen and uh, to have conversations based on the episodes. Absolutely, and
0: there's some very important conversations happening. Um, and you need to be listening to it, so I I absolutely recommend you, the listener, <laughs> to uh, do what Demetrius just said. And um, hey, man, thanks so much for coming on. Um, we could we could go on, but I might pass out. <laughs> um, so, but I'm looking forward to to talking a bit more as as uh, all the craziness of 2019 unfolds.
2: Absolutely, man. And, and thank you so much for what you do and, and for blessing my podcast with your presence and your voice. And, um, you know, thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Um, and all right. So stick around. We'll just for a brief personal conclusion. But uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks. over to patreon.com slash off baseline and become a patron so you can hear the rest of this conversation that was clipped away for only the people who truly
2: appreciate the battle of ideas.